Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text this morning is the Gospel lesson, Matthew chapter 14, that you've heard read. It's our starting point this morning, and the question is, what can we learn from this account between the interaction of Peter and Jesus on the sea? Well, it could be about the fact that Jesus took time to pray after he had just finished feeding the 5,000. He sent his disciples off on the boat, and he went up in the mountain to pray. It could be that we could focus on the disciples' fear. It's a ghost, they said, as they were out in the water on the sea. We could focus on maybe Jesus' response when he says to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. But Matthew is the only gospel writer that is telling us about Peter. What could be that point, and what can we learn and apply from that particular account? In verse 28, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. <laughs> now, any rationally minded person would ask, what are you talking about, Peter? Do you know what you're asking? What's in your head? Walk to the Lord on the water in the midst of a storm? Is there any precedent for that? What was he thinking? Back in those days, even as today, the sea could be a very unforgiving, life-threatening swell of certain death as the waves are crashing over the boat's side, filling the boat with water, threatening to capsize the boat, and the wind building up and compounding the wave's size made for a certain outcome that didn't seem too good. Not even for experienced fishermen. They knew the force of the storm. They knew the destruction that it could wreak and inflict upon them. Maybe, maybe they were thinking about Jonah's time at the sea. Maybe that came to their mind about how the sea was about to swallow up Jonah. Until he prayed and said, throw me over and everything will be fine. And then the great fish came and swallowed him up and took him to where he was supposed to be going. Maybe they thought of the people of Israel as they fled out of Egypt and the peril of the Red Sea was right before them as the Egyptian army was pressing them to certain death. And yet the Lord provided a way out. Maybe, as we learn from the book of Revelation in John, as he writes in chapter 21, the view of the sea being one of death and destruction. This is what he writes in chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. 
You see, these first century guys understood that the sea was not their friend when things go ugly. Oh, sure, it was useful for fishing, for making a living, but it could also take one down all the way to death. And so John, in his vision of paradise, as it is being revealed to him by the Lord, sees this new heaven and this new earth, and he says very clearly, and there was no sea. There was no death. There will be no destruction. There will be nothing to take you down under. So, getting back to Peter, is this a miracle of Jesus walking on the water? Is that a historical fact? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Without question. It just, again, reaffirms what we just got done hearing in the Old Testament lesson about God's response to Job. Job, can you do this? Of course you can't. I have set the boundaries. I am the Lord and the King of creation, and all things are under his word and his authority. But you know, if we just leave this account of Jesus walking on the water as a historical record, as a matter of fact, if we just leave it there as plain history, how is the word of God then transforming life down through the ages and life today as we experience it? Because isn't that what the word of God does? It brings a transformation into our lives. It, it transforms life. It gives us hope. That's what Paul wrote in his second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 3. He says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Or again, he writes to the, the Christians in Rome in chapter 12. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Peter. Peter says, Lord, tell me to come to you on the water. Now Peter's faith and his trust was definitely in Jesus and it was in the building stages of his life. But this was his master. This was his teacher. This was his rabbi who had called him to follow him. This was his friend who was doing and showing him things that he could only dream about. And Peter doesn't just say, hey guys, look at that. Jesus is walking on the water. Isn't that cool? No, Peter wants to be with Jesus. His faith in Jesus was real. It was focused on Jesus. And when Jesus says to Peter, come, Peter climbs out of the boat and starts walking to Jesus because Peter wants to be with Jesus. Peter wants to be like Jesus. Peter wants to follow Jesus. So that raises a question for us today as we consider these words. Have you ever jumped out of your boat of safety 
Have you ever let your security go? Have you ever jumped into a raging storm where things could go badly very quickly? Have you been willing to risk it all for the sake of Jesus? For the sake of his truth? For the advancement of the gospel? Sharing your story of faith while staking out a position of Christ-centered truth when surrounded by the world's bigotry and hatred and anger and all-around death and destruction? Have you stood toe-to-toe with the challenges or temptations or false accusations and not blinked or backed down? Have you ever been silent when evil has raised its head, when false narratives persist, when embarrassment seems to be the easiest and most convenient option instead of stepping out of the boat and living the story of Jesus' words of love and truth? You know, sometimes it's just plain easier to stay in the boat and to say in effect wow look at that Jesus is walking on the water rather than hearing him say come take courage it is I don't be afraid you know those are the times when faith is tested. Those are the times when faith is getting stretched. Those are the times when faith has an opportunity to really grow. And Peter gets out of the boat, hearing his teacher, his master calling him to come. But as Peter's walking across the water, The waves get his attention too quickly. And just like all the wind and the waves in our lives that get to us, that make us forget his word, his call, his promise, all of that gets drowned out by all the dizzying circumstances of our life. COVID-19 challenges the political waves and upheavals as as to what might happen in 86 days on election day. Wearing a mask, not wearing a mask. Going or sending my kids to school. The economic concerns. Will my job still be a job after all of this? And what about the racial discord? the name-calling, the finger-pointing. Where does this all end except that we sink into its sea of despair and and drown in the doubt that it cost us? Lord, save me, Peter cries out. And Jesus reaches out his hand and saves Peter. Peter knew he was lost. 
He needed help, and he cried out to the one and only person who could and would save him, his teacher, this word of God in the flesh, this Jesus, the Messiah. And so you and I, along with all of mankind, find ourselves in the midst of a turbulent, disturbing, life-threatening sea of sin and utter, disturb and utter lostness. We also have only one option, and that is to cry out to the Lord Jesus for salvation, for hope, for rescue, for life. And he has given us his hand. He's given us his hands and his feet and his side. He has given us his suffering and for our redemption as he hangs on the cross, taking our sins, our doubts, our fears, our anxieties, our lostness because of turning away from him because we've gotten so fixated on the present problems, because we have often tried to fix things ourselves instead of letting God be God and trusting him in all circumstances. This same Jesus who saves Peter saves you and me, and he offers this to all who will come to him hearing his voice this same Jesus who takes our fears and our failures, our sin, our hypocrisy, our denial, our lack of trust to believe what he says to be the ultimate word for our lives today, this Jesus who went to the cross and paid our debt of sin, this Jesus who rose from the dead, this Jesus who showed us his triumphant victory over death and broke the power of the devil and of sin and of death, he is still the same one today who calls to us, who speaks to us. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus calls us to get out of the boat. You see, because being and living a Christian isn't played out, in the church. It's not being played and lived out in the boat, in the ark. It is lived out loud in the everyday life of work and school and home and family and friends with neighbors. And yes, and especially yes, with those who make our lives suffer. And even for those who would hope for our destruction. But that's where the Lord is calling us and asking us to do his will. Being silent is not an option when the world's volume continues to increase around us, when it continues to rise up against the Lord's word and his salvation that he offers to all who will follow and trust him. Peter or Jesus wasn't putting Peter down when he said to him, Oh, you of little faith. He was saying, Peter, your steadfastness, your living faith, your trust needs work. And I'm here to help you be more steadfast, to be more faithful, to grow your trust in me. 
It's what Jesus is saying to you and me as he gives us the forgiveness of our sins. As he offers himself to you and me through the simple bread and wine. As he empowers us to live and let our life shine radiantly and brilliantly proclaiming him to be the Lord and Savior of all. May the Lord grant it to us in his name. Amen. And now may the peace of God which goes beyond our understanding keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.